right? Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. The Bible says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put aside, put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The man, lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Let's pray over our time in the Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. Thank you that your Word is awesome, powerful, living, true, active, Lord God, actively working in our life. Lord, we just ask your anointing to increase upon our time tonight and your Word upon me as I speak, upon these as they hear. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your Word does not go back to your void, but accomplishes what you set it forth to do. I bind up every distraction and hindrance of the enemy. We just ask, Lord, that you would clear the airwaves that we can receive tonight and the grace and the strength to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love this story. And as I was reading this morning and uh, in this story again, I just got stirred up uh, to share a few things with y'all tonight. I love how this man was a beggar. Uh, he had been begging for uh, years uh, money because he, he was lame, he was crippled, and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't walk, he couldn't work, he couldn't do anything. And so um, you know, when he sees Peter and John coming, he's begging for money, and he he tells them clearly, uh, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up and walk. I just thought about it a little funny. Pastor Kelly, <laughs> Pastor Kelly showed me pictures from Israel when they went, and there was actually, a, a, he really was a homeless man, right? He was begging for money, and he showed, Pastor Kelly showed me a picture, and he had an LSU hat and a shirt on. He showed me, he said, hey man, look, this guy was begging for money. He said, so I told him, silver and gold I do not have, but purple and gold I do. I was like, really? He's like, no man, I didn't tell him that, so. Eric, I thought you might like that one. So, so anyway, that was, that was, that was pretty funny. I was like, that's my man, LSU fan there. But seriously, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And we see the Lord perform the miracle there because Peter and them operated and they didn't have the money. They didn't have what this man was looking for, but they had something even greater. They had something that, a few things that God had given them which was an anointing and obviously the grace and the gift of healing. And, and what I love is I just read that again and notice it said that as he did, as, as, as Peter took the man by the right hand and helped him up, you can go ahead and throw that back up there, Doug, if you don't mind, uh, verse 7 and 8. He says, as did it, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And listen, I, I thought this was pretty interesting because I, I know I know from even my mom having a hip replacement that, you know, when, when something like that happens that you don't use your, your, you know, a certain muscles and, and, and ligaments and tendons and bones after a while, like my mom was in a wheelchair for six months, it, it takes a while even after she had the replacement for, for those muscles to strengthen. So this was truly a supernatural miracle because the man was healed. And I love how the Bible is specific. It says that he was healed and strengthened. So in other words, he was healed, could stand up and fully function in that moment. 
I bet you he was glad that Peter and John didn't have any silver or gold. Amen? Or purple and gold for that matter. I'm glad. I'm sure they were glad that it was the anointing and the gifting of God that see Peter and John, that, that God had given to Peter and John. And in turn, he turned around and they offered through faith, gave to this man. So tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to look just from this story right here. And we're going to go into to, uh, chapter four a little bit as well. I just want to encourage you to give what you have. Give what you have. So I just want to look at a few things from this story of how we can take some principles from this story and apply it to our own lives. Number one, give what God has given you. It's basically the title reworded. Give what God has given you. Look at it in verse six again. We just said it. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. See, Peter again had the faith and the anointing to heal this lame man. You know, you might not have a lot of money to give. You might not have a lot of material things that you can give. And a lot of times in church, you hear us talking about giving. And um, a lot of times, maybe if you've been in church a long time or some maybe squirrely preachers have messed you up when you're hearing messages about giving. It's not just about giving money, right? It's not just about giving resources. I'm going to look at a scripture in a minute, and that can be part of it. Some people do have the gift of giving finances. Matter of fact, there's there's a a, a church uh, that we're familiar with where they have what's called a legacy team at their church, and that, that legacy team is uh, is made up of a bunch of businessmen that are gifted in giving finances. That's their gift, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But what if you don't have a lot of money? We don't, you don't have a lot of resources to give. Well, I believe we all have something God has given us that we have to give, right? Romans 12, verse 6 through 8 lays it out for us. And there's, there's certain gifts that the Lord has given us. And with these gifts, and there's many of them, and the Apostle Paul hits on some of them right here in Romans 12, and verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, I like that. Let me stop there, too. For doing certain things well. You know, that's why it's important. We all have different gifts. And you know what? I, I understand like me, for example, I have different spiritual gifts operating in me uh, uh, that, that, um, that God can use me with. But there's a few gifts that I know that God has called me to use those well. There are certain gifts that my wife has. I'm thinking about one specifically. Now, I can operate in this gift, but my wife, for, for God has blessed her with this certain gift that she uses these gifts well, amen. So you see, like in that moment, Peter and John, uh, they could have did multiple things, could have did a lot of different things. But in that moment, he knew that the Lord wanted to heal them. So they flowed in that healing anointing because they, they wanted to be spot on with what the Lord had gave them. Right. So just we stop there. God has given us many different gifts for doing certain things well. So, again, I, I thought I was going to move on, but let me, let me say something else again. That's why we got to be careful not to compare one, our, ourselves. We got to be careful. And listen, I, I fall into that comparison trap way more than I would like to. Trust me, I'll confess to you tonight. But we got to be careful because you know what? Brother Paul got certain gifts. Again, he can do things well. And I might look at him and say, man, I wish I had the gift that he had. You know, but he might be sitting at his house or one day leave church and say, man, I wish I had what Brother Brandon had, right? But listen, the Bible makes it clear we all have different gifts. And if we all 
And, and, I'll, and I'll look at some of those. If we all tap into those gifts and use what God has given us well, man, we can get a whole lot more done instead of wasting our time comparing ourselves to others. So let me just stop there. We all have different gifts. That's why the Bible says to uh, uh, pay attention to your own work. Then you'll have the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to others. So I can combine those two verses and say, hey, pay attention to your own gift and your own work, and you won't have to compare yourself to others, right? So let's see what some of these things that Paul talks about. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see this? You tracking with me? Do you think any one of those gifts are more important than the other? Not at all. Paul just lays out some of the gifts and says, hey, if God has given you these gifts, do them, get, use them well. In other words, whatever God has given you, give unto others. Use it as Peter and John did to glorify God. And it, it might not look, I don't, God might not never ever use you to heal the sick. He might. That'd be great. I think he, he wants us to all be a part of that. But, you know, your gift might be showing kindness. You know, somebody that's been depressed and been down for a long time, a simple act of kindness one day can be as powerful as a physical miracle. It can be something that starts the person out of their darkness and their depression. Maybe an encouraging word, you know. I love being around encouragers, don't you? I love being around people that are encouraging. It might be giving finance. It might be, could be prophesying, could be teaching, honing in that word. It could be serving others. Just talked about serve day. We have serve day coming up. I know there's people around the church that, man, their gift is serving. I'm thinking, uh, you know, of a couple of brothers. I see Freddie back here. I'm thinking about Neil Picard. These guys, every year we have men's wild game cookout. You know, these guys, man, they serve. I'm telling you, Freddie would probably be mad at me if I told him that he couldn't do what he does for wild game. But man, his heart is to serve. He loves, he helps me out. He checks in all the cooks, keeps all that stuff organized. 30 something cooks every year. And listen, you'd probably never know that. You don't see him on the stage. You don't see him. But man, that brother loves to serve. Neil Picard, this guy takes off two days and brings his four wheel in a tray. And I've tried to get him in there. I said, man, Neil, go inside. Try to win you a prize. Oh, no, man. When they start breaking down these tables, he said, I got guns and all that. I don't need no more guns. I want to, That's his thing. Like he knows that's his that's one of his gifts. Right. And he uses it. Well, I'm telling you, like these two guys, they two are the key guys that makes wild game cookout happen. They know they're gifting. They love to do it and they're using it well. So what God has given them, they're giving back. And I tell you what, every single man that gets saved at that wild game cookout that we're going to see in heaven, Freddie and Neil and a lot of you other brothers that help out. I know you have many in here that serve and whatever you do, if it's not wild game, if you're, you're cooking, you're, you're picking up, you may be setting up tables for growth track or you may be cooking for growth track or you, you may be helping set up tables for events, whatever the case may be. They have people that, you know, when we take communion, those communion cups and those plates don't fill up by themselves. They have people before service get here early and fill up every single one of those cups for communion and fill up the, you know, somebody's serving, doing that behind the scenes. And listen, that might be your gift. It might be prophesying. It might be teaching. It might be those things. But listen, the Lord says, whatever we have, we need to give, right? And then to use it well. So, you know, you might be asking, well, Brandon, how, what if I don't know my spiritual gift? 
Well, I'm glad you asked that question. That's why we have the growth track. Amen? Yes, I'm going to make a plug on the growth track again right here. That's why we have growth track. Listen, because sometimes we announce it and you might be new here, might have heard it. Hey, what's the growth track about? The growth track's about helping you find your spiritual gift, as Paul just talks about in Romans, and to be able to give back. You see, like in, in, in class two, we have coming up, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about a few things and living free and how it's important to be in community and life group. But then in the third class, uh, you take a spiritual gifts test and a personality test. That's where you find out how God has wired you and what your giftings are. And then in the fourth class, we want to connect you to a serve team, and that's how you give back. You see, class three is about what God has given you. Class four is how you can give it back to help others. So I'm telling you, if you're not sure what your spiritual gift is, or you might be like, I kind of think so, and you haven't been through the growth track, don't matter if you miss class one, I want to encourage you, jump in on Sunday. Jump in and, and just go through the next few classes, and you'll learn what your gift is, how your personality is, how God's wired you. And then in the fourth class, we would help you and say, man, okay, this is my gift. It's serving. It's giving. It's teaching. How do I use that? And we'll try to help connect you so you can give to others what God has given you. Amen? Y'all still tracking with me? All right, number two, we must see and seize your opportunity. See and seize your opportunity. Look at Acts 3.12. It says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. See, after Peter and John, they, God used them to do a miracle. That was a great opportunity right there, but, but he was wise. He didn't just stop right there. He did them, they, the God used him to do a miracle. And of course, as the Bible says, everybody was in awe. That'll get somebody's attention right there. You had the grocery store, somebody's in a wheelchair. You go up to him and say, the name of Jesus, get up that chair and walk. They get up, walk and start running around the grocery. You have the grocery store's attention, right? So it says that he saw the opportunity and he addressed the crowd. See, Peter saw everybody, had everybody's attention. He began to preach a whole sermon and he presented the gospel. Look at, you go down just a few verses. Acts 3, 17 through 19 says, Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer all these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. See, whenever you use your gifts God has given you, you will have the opportunity to share the gospel with that person and with others that are around. Whatever they may be. I could be serving. I could be, we'll take it from a miracle like we read, or, or just being kind to someone. Just, be, just being kind to someone. Again, or serving someone or giving an encouraging word. Now listen, you, you, God might use you to do a miracle. I actually heard of a story, and this happened right over in Baton Rouge, um, a young man, they were out witnessing, and y'all might have heard me tell this, tell this story. They were out witnessing, and, um, I think it was at a bowling alley or something, a guy had a cast or something, something was wrong with his leg, his leg was broken or had an infection, and his leg was all messed up, and he hadn't walked on it in a while, and he's witnessing to this guy, telling him about Jesus and how he needed Jesus. And he said, the guy wasn't receiving. So he said, okay, well, how about this? He said, I'm gonna pray that God heals your leg. And if God doesn't heal your leg in this moment, then everything I just told you was a lie. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm as bold to say that. What about you? I'm like, dude, guess what? He prayed for that guy and the Lord healed him right there on the spot. And he was able to lead that guy to Christ in that moment. Isn't that awesome? Come on now. Huh? So this kind of, you know, this act stuff that we read about, it's still happening today. Down the road in Baton Rouge and in Lafayette and Acadiana too. Amen. 
So, you know, he, this young man sees the opportunity as he, he trusted in God and he trusted, he had faith that God would, would do a miracle. I mean, obviously, you gotta be led to the Lord to, to say something like that. Cause if the Lord didn't move and then he would have said, well, everything I just said was a lie. Obviously, he knew by the Holy Spirit that God would heal this man and that he would have an opportunity to present the gospel to him. Look what it says in Ephesians 5. 16 through 17 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Man, we must, we must make the most of every single opportunity. Amen. Every, when we have opportunities all day long, I know I've encouraged you about this before, but there's always so many opportunities that we have, right? You know, all through our day, whether it, it, your work or your neighborhood, the grocery store, you know, like my wife and I, you might remember me praying, um, you know, during the Easter service and around that time we were praying for lost souls. You remember the three circle invite? You remember that? And we were encouraging you to pray for those that closest to you than like a neighbor and, 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 you know, like a perfect stranger. We, we have a young couple that lives right across the street from my house. They just got married. Uh, they have a baby. I, I don't believe they, they go to church anywhere, but we're just starting to build a relationship with them and just this opportunity. I was talking to him uh, Monday. I was weed eating in my yard and he was outside. He was there leaving. So he honked and kind of talked a little bit and, and whatnot. And just trying to, I was talking to Cassie. He's like, man, we need to continue to reach out to them. She has, she's pregnant, their first child. We know what it's like to have babies. And so it's like, man, you know, we, uh, you know, we want to get with y'all and whatnot. So we're just trying to make, we have an opportunity here right literally across the street from our house, right? Because, you know, we can go on mission trips, we can go out in our community, that's great, we need to do that. But how many of y'all know we have opportunities around us literally every day? The person that works next to you, maybe in a cubicle, or that you work, you might work in the oil field, or construction, or, or whatever. Whereas you might, your kids' ball games, or, or, you know, there's always opportunities all around us. But, you know, we must make the most of it. And look, don't act thoughtlessly. So, in other words, be mindful. When you're out and about in your daily, be mindful. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. So be mindful. Don't be thoughtless. Just pray before you leave the house. Pray when you get to work. Pray whatever. And I know, understand, sometimes it's busy. We're not always thinking about But just begin to think about, Lord, what do you want to do? What It says understand what the Lord wants you to do. Begin to pray and think, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do at work? What do you want us to do with this young couple across the street? What do, what do you want us to do at, you know, at, at the ballpark or, you know, baseball? You might have, you know, all weekend you're at the ballpark. You build relationships. Just be mindful and ask the Lord to give you spiritual. Like Pastor Todd says, that our spiritual antennas up, right? So we can see spiritually what the Lord wants to do and then to seize those opportunities. Amen? Amen. Number three. Now, this might seem like a no-brainer, but number three is that we got to give all glory to Jesus. Whenever we give and we see God moving and something happen in the miraculous, we must give all glory to Jesus. Acts 3, 12 and 13 says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. Now look at verse 16. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. 
I love this because even in this day and age, now this was especially back then. You got to understand the, the context of this is like the church is brand new at this point, right? There's all kind of controversy on who Jesus is. Some things he was possessed by demons. Uh, some things he was a prophet. Obviously, the disciples realized he was the Savior and the Messiah. So they were very specific. They didn't just say, hey, give God the glory. They said, hey, God chose to glorify Jesus. Amen. You notice even my point is give all the glory to Jesus. Because even in this day and age, you can say, man, God is good. And people say, yes, he is. And that's great. That's a good start. But there's people that God is a general term, right? Right? So people can say, yeah, you know, God is good. You know, their God, they might feel like their God's good too. And just a general term. But you know what? Whenever you're, when you're operating in the gifts that the Lord has given you, it's important that one, the re- the real, the way that we're going to be able to be effective in all that God's called us to do is through using the name of Jesus. It's in the authority of Jesus. So we need to make sure we give all the glory to Jesus. Be specific. Amen. I can remember whenever, uh, me and, uh, Cassie, when our, our, our first child, uh, our son, we had took him to the doctor and, and they were, uh, wanting to give him a certain kind of medication and stuff. And we had did a little bit of research and, and found out that, that uh, the side effects and the risk of this medication. And, and, and we told him, no, he wasn't even sick or nothing. This is just a preventative. And we said, no, we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna do that. And the pediatrician, he scolded us. Like he fussed that. He got really mad. He got red and he was just like, you are so self. I can't believe, you know, the risk you're taking, you're being selfish. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, my blood pressure rose up just a little bit, you know? And so, but then I kind of goes, okay, this is a good opportunity here. And I was able to tell him, I said, Hey, listen, we are believing in Jesus Christ to keep our son safe and keep him healthy. And, was, and you know, he kind of scoffed and went back, but I was specific. I didn't just say, Hey, God's going to watch over our son. I said, no, we're believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is going to watch over our son. If he gets something that he's going to heal our son, let's make sure we give all the glory to Jesus. Now, listen, that that's a no brainer. We know that most of us are Christians in here. Yeah, we give God the glory, but, but I'm going to say this from experience. When God begins to use us, especially in a big way, we will get tempted. A lot of times we get tempted to take some of the credit. I, and maybe you haven't been there yet, but I, I'm going to confess my sin, right? Because, you you know, when God works through you and uses you, you start, you know, you can feel like you big man on campus. And then the Lord reminds you quick, you low man on the totem pole, right? So we got to be careful. We got to be careful not to be tempted. Listen, God don't share his glory with anybody, right? We, we, we can be tempted to, but let's remember, listen, if the Lord can use a donkey, right? And he can still be glorified. He can use me. And like Brother Brad used to say, look, I'm just the hose pipe that the Lord's using, right? I'm just the conduit that he's using. You know, I'm thankful. It is an honor and a privilege. He calls us sons and daughters. But you know what? Whenever, apart from him, Jesus said it. Abide in me and I will abide in you. Talks about abiding in him as divine. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we're truly going to give all that God has given us and see people minister to, encourage, kindness, serving, uh, teaching, prophesying, preaching, winning souls to the Lord, doing miracles like we just read about or uh, that we hear about, see, you, you might have been, been a part of a miracle. Let's be sure each and every time we give God the glory. Amen? All right, number four, realize that there will be opposition. When you begin to give to people, when you begin to give what you have, what God has given, you begin to operate and give what the Lord has given you. Remember and realize there will be oppositions. Let's let's jump into uh, Acts chapter four now. Continuing on, it's the same story. Acts chapter four and verse one, it says this. 
While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. When you begin to move in what the Lord has gifted you with, you have to realize that there is going to be both spiritual and natural opposition. Amen? I know that's not a popular point right there, but there will be opposition. I know, again, we've said it before, I know one of the hardest times of my Christianity was right after I first got saved. Because I had a bunch of buddies, guys I used to work with, even my boss, which he's still my best friend to this day, ended up coming here and getting saved himself. But one of my best friends, my boss, was the hardest on me. He opposed me almost daily. Guys I used to, you know, we used to run with and get high with and get drunk with and do all these things. And we were all buddy-buddy and friends. They loved me. Then whenever I gave my life to Christ and I began to say, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do, they started giving me a hard time. They started opposing me. And oh, why are you giving all your money to that church? And why are you believing in uh, religions for weak-minded people? All these kind of things. And I know it was both. It was spiritual opposition. The enemy was trying to discourage me through some of my closest friends and coworkers. You know, at first I was just like, man, I thought when I gave my life to the Lord, things would get easier. A lot of times they actually get harder, guys. And you know that. And most of you have been saved for a long time. But when you start stepping out even another level and saying, Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, I know you've gifted me. You've given me this anointing and these giftings. And I want to listen. There will be opposition. You will have people that will come against you and the enemy himself will come against you. First Corinthians 16, Paul's telling them about a ministry opportunity he has. And he says this, there's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Although many oppose me. Pastor Todd always says it, good and bad travel on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time, right? So whenever God's using you and God is moving in your life, the enemy and people are going to try to oppose you. And notice how it said that the, 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 the leading priests and the Pharisees, they were disturbed. You know, some people got weirded out because he healed somebody. Now, they're, they're, they were disturbed because after, you know, I, I jumped over to chapter 4, but in that message he preached, he was talking about the resurrection of the dead. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, they had a debate on if there was a resurrection or not a resurrection. So they were getting called, caught up on this teaching. It's like, what is he? I'm, I'm, you know, they, they were opposed to what he was saying. They were disturbed by what he was saying. But listen, the Lord was using them. So we must realize that there is opposition. There's going to be spiritual warfare to be done. That's why when you're being used by the Lord, you need to be filled. That's why tonight, like I pray, fire fall down, an anointing of God. Man, we need the anointing in our lives, not just for big events and mission trips and big times. Every day. How about you? Like, I need the anointing every day. I need, I, I was praying this morning, I need the anointing of God to be the husband and the father God has called me to be, Right? I don't want to take a crack at this thing on my own. I, I need his help and then to do what he's called me to do. So I know this is not always the most encouraging, but, but it, we, it's a good reminder and a realization that anytime we're going to give what the Lord has given us, we're going to operate in our gifting and, and be used by the Lord. There will be opposition. But I am going to throw you a big encouragement under this point as well. Remember, with opposition comes outpouring. With opposition comes outpouring. Look at Acts 4, 3, and 4. I love this. This is good and bad on the parallel tracks again. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. 
But, I love this, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Man, I bet you Paul, Peter, and John, they take that any day. They got arrested, they got questioned, they got harassed, but uh, thousands of souls got saved, y'all. Did you hear? Thousands. Like thousands of people got saved. There was some opposition. They did a miracle. He preached. There was opposition. But then there was a great outpouring of the Spirit of God and of revelation of the gospel. And a bunch of people got saved. Amen? Is it worth it? It's so worth it. It's, man, it's, you know, we sing a song, it's going to be worth it. Man, it's worth it now when we go through all this stuff. In, all, all through the New Testament, you will see. That the greater the opposition got, the more the gospel spread and the power of God showed up. All through the gospel, you see the greater. And even now, you see in some of the, the countries like China, and we've heard Brother Timothy, he has, he's spoken here a few times, and he's a missionary to China. China's one of the fastest growing parts of the church, the church, where the churches grow in the fastest is in China. It's the underground church, but it's severe persecution over there. You can't worship freely like we do. It's got to be underground, but the gospel is spreading like wildfire in China. Great opposition, but great outpouring. Amen? Even in these Muslim countries, Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and all these places, we know another missionary that we're partnering with, Brother Fabian, you know, they, man, there's, there's so much opposition, but man, the Lord is doing a great work in the Muslim world. We've heard stories. If you watch any, you know, like, uh, in, any Christian news or anything, you, you'll hear more and more where Muslims are having dreams. I mean, listen, people are not even witnessing to these guys. They haven't, he they're having dreams of Jesus. Like in, I mean, there was a story of a, of some, some ISIS fighters that were traveling through and, and trying to take over a piece of land in one of those Middle Eastern countries. And they had, uh, slept in an old abandoned church, which the, the, you know, ISIS had, you know, um, wiped the people, uh, out, ran them out. And it was an old abandoned church and they slept in that place that night. And in the middle of the night, an ISIS fighter was sleeping in that church and he had a dream and a vision of Jesus approaching him. That's happening today, y'all. <laughs> With the, I mean, y'all know what ISIS is doing to Christians, right? But in the midst of that great opposition, there's a great outpouring of the Spirit of God and of the revelation of Jesus. Amen. Y'all still with me? Wrap it up. One more point. Fifth and final point. We must be bold in the face of this opposition. We must be bold in the face of opposition. Look at Acts 4.13. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that there were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. But I love this last part. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Oh man, I love that. They were amazed at the boldness of Peter and John. And you, this is awesome because, you know, these, a lot of these guys they were preaching to had been trained had been like, these are top religious leaders that would, would have been what's known as like the, the top seminaries of the time. And they studied the Torah and the, and the Psalms and the prophets and, and all these things. They knew like, these guys are some fishermen, you know. They're fishermen and they're out here preaching to us. They're preaching to us with bonus. And it says they were amazed, but they recognized them as been being with Jesus. So a little pop quiz in its open book. How do you become bold? By being with Jesus. Wasn't a trick question. The more you're with the Lord, I believe the bolder you become. 
Because I believe the more that you're with the Lord, the more time you spend with the Lord, the more you realize how real the Lord is. See, he, when, you, when, when you start serving the Lord and give your life to Christ and you begin a relationship with him, he's no longer your pastor's God. He's no longer your mama or your grandma's God. He becomes your Lord, your Savior, and your God, right? And you realize how real he is. And the realer, you know, you, you, you might not want to present a gospel of someone that you just heard about, but you can present the gospel and talk, talk to someone that you know personally and that you've met personally. And that you know has done a mighty work in your life and you've seen him working around. So listen, it's being with Jesus. The more we are, we are with him, or we've been with him, the bolder we are, we will become. And again, I love that because often we actually talk about this in the growth track too. Is that when we talk about actually this class in the second class, I'll give you a little preview. In the second class, we talk about, you know, how, how to share the gospel, how to witness to people. And listen, a lot of people get intimidated by doing with some of the stuff I'm talking about tonight because they feel like, well, Brandon, I don't know the Bible that good. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, what if they ask me a question and I don't know it? Listen, I love this. I love it says that they, they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, yet they recognized that they've been with Jesus. Listen, I'm telling you, you spend time with the Lord on a regular basis, and when you get the opportunity to witness to them, you will be surprised what comes out of your mouth. You'll be, if you read the scripture, I remember a man of God told me this early on in my walk, that listen, the Lord can do whatever he wants, but he can only pull out certain scriptures that you have in there, right? So as you continue to read the word of God, you tuck it away in there, you might not, you're just reading on a regular basis, feeding yourself, growing with the Lord. Somebody comes up to you, asks you questions, are you talking to somebody? It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will bring back up a scripture you might have read that morning or last week. It's like, man, I just was reading this and, and I, you know, this right here, it encourages me. Being up here tonight, again, it encourages me that I ain't had no special training. You can tell I just use the word ain't. I ain't. See, I just, I, you know, I'm a country boy from Grand Bois. No special training in the scriptures. But yet, you know what? I, I feel like the more I spend time with the Lord, the more that the Lord's going to use me. And the, the bolder that I can become. Not just here at church speaking, but you know what? I'm just thankful that we get the opportunity to, to minister to our neighbors. That I've been going to a drug uh, rehabilitation place. We've been going back to the jail. And man, you got these guys, you're in jail. You hear those doors slam behind you. It's like, man, hope they're going to let me out here today. You know? But there's these guys that no telling what they've done. But man, we're able to stand in front of them and just boldly proclaim the love of the Lord in the gospel. Amen? So you don't have to have any special training. You don't have to know all the scriptures. Just be, be willing to be used by him. Be willing to give away what the Lord has given you. Amen? And listen, we need to, you need to pray specifically. We need to pray specifically for our bonus. Let's look at what the, what the council told Peter and John when they were in custody. They had been arrested, now they're in custody. Let's look at, at how the leaders responded. Acts 4, 16 through 22. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign. 
the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Now, we already knew. I just want to set up the story, the response here of what, the, what they threatened and what, what they told him. We already knew that Peter and John were bold. We saw that earlier in the story. But what about the other believers? Well, let's look at them. Acts 4, 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Then they heard the report. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Now listen, I want to pick up the prayer in verse 29, Acts 4.29. This is their prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with what? Boldness. Simple formula. They prayed for bonus, and God gave them bonus. Isn't that awesome? Hey, guys, we can do the same thing, right? If you feel timid about using your gifts or even finding out, some of you may be a little timid about even finding out what your gift is. Because you know once you find out, the Lord is going to you know, prompt you to even use it even more, right? But listen, pray for bonus. Lord, I want to know my gift. I want to embrace my gift. I want to use my gift to your glory. And pray, listen, if you're timid, if you're a little shy, a little, listen, God will give you bonus. Listen, they, you could tell they were, by their response, they were like, oh, Lord, they're threatening us. And they say we can't, you know, preach in the name of Jesus or talk about. But, Lord, we know this is your will, so you give us bonus. And he prayed and he gave it to them. We can do the same. Proverbs 28.1 says, the wicked run away when nobody's chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. Amen. So as I close and recap, I want to encourage you, give whatever God has given you. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, go to Growth Track, find out, begin to use and operate in that gift. Whatever it may be, there's a wide range of gifts, and the Lord has given you something. He has, And listen, you may know what your gift is, and you may have been sitting on it, so to speak, and it's been dormant, but I love the scripture that says God's gifting and calling can never, can never be withdrawn. So what that tells me is that when God, God has placed spiritual gifts within us, when we've gotten born again, when we got saved, and even though you maybe not used them in a long time, they may be lying there dormant. Guess what? Whenever you're ready and willing to be used by the Lord, they're still in there and God still wants to use them. That's what that scripture means, right? They'll never be withdrawn. He's called you and he's gifted you. So listen, we need to see and seize every opportunity when we're, when we're, we're giving our gifts away, when we're using our gifts for the Lord. And when, when God starts using, especially in a powerful way, we must remember to give all glory to Jesus. Be specific. When, hey, when, why you did this? Why? I still noticed you're a different person. Man, you prayed for me and it changed. Man, what happened? Hey, it's all glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's glorify Jesus specifically. And then remember, realize there will be opposition. But remember, with great opposition, there's great outpouring. Be bold in the face of opposition. Pray for boldness. And then I'm going to add one more as we close. You need to turn to the Lord if you haven't already. Why don't you stand up with me? I'm going to read one more scripture I read earlier as we close, as everyone stands. And it's when Peter was, I'm taking, I'm taking a verse, I'm taking a line, I'm closing my sermon with a line from Peter's sermon that he preached in Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, he said, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped 
away. Why don't you go ahead and leave that scripture up there, Doug? Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. You know, you won't know what your spiritual gift is. You won't want to use a gift or be used by God unless you first turn to God and you know him personally. Until you first start a relationship with the Lord. Peter makes it clear here in Acts and all through the Bible, Jesus uses the same word, repent. That means to confess your sin and turn away from your sin. That's why it says turn to God. Repent means to turn. So we have to turn away from sin and then turn to God so that our sins may be wiped away. I know some of us have sang songs about Jesus covering our sins. That's actually not biblical. It says he wipes our sins away. Amen. He wipes them clean. So do me a favor. If you are, just bow your head with me. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. And, you know, I know most of y'all in here, but I don't know everybody in here. And I never like to close the service without giving everyone an opportunity to turn to God. You may say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. Man, I know I have some sin in my life that I've never asked the Lord to forgive me of. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus came down. He was God in flesh. He left the throne room of heaven, came to earth, became a man, and died on the cross to take the punishment and the penalty of our sins and to wipe us clean, to wipe away all of our sins if we would repent and turn to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I I need to turn away from some sin. I need to turn to God. I've never turned to God and asked him to forgive me. Now you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. If if, if you die tonight, where would you spend eternity? The Bible makes it clear. It's either heaven or hell. But I want to give you a chance tonight to be forgiven of your sins and to turn to God. If that's you and you say, Brandon, I'm not sure. I'm right with God. I I need to turn to God. Or you might say, I need to turn back to God. I once knew him, but I've gone away. I need to turn to him. Nobody's looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Brandon, that's me. And I need to repent and get right with God. Just want you to slip up your hand. If that's you tonight, I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, ma'am, over here. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give anybody else a chance. I need to turn to God. Thank you for these that have been bold. See, they're, they're being bold tonight, and they're saying, I need, I need to get right with the Lord. Well, come on. We're going to pray with these right here. These that raise their hand, we're all going to pray together. The Bible says if you can believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So let's do that. Let's, let's all pray together. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer, and we're going to pray together. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know that I've sinned, and now, Lord, I repent of my sin, and I turn to you, Father God. I ask that you wipe away my sins. Make me clean. Make me whole. Make me new today. Now, Lord Jesus, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Give me a holy bonus to find out my gift and to use my gifts to glorify you and to help others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's welcome them into the family of God tonight. Thank you, Lord. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Hey, those of y'all that raised your hand, do me a favor. Before you leave, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Do me a favor. It takes about maybe a minute to fill out that card. Fill it out and either bring it up to me up here or you can drop it off at the info center on your way out. 
Amen. Well, let me go ahead and pray a blessing over you before you go. Father, I pray your blessing and your grace upon every single one that's here tonight. Thank you, Father God, for a holy boldness that's coming upon us. And like God, for the desire to be used by you, to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, God bless y'all. If y'all need prayer for anything tonight, we'll be up here. If not, drive safely and we'll see y'all Sunday.